Welcome to Let's Talk with Andy and Kath Taylor, a podcast from LL Ministries. And today we're talking about being misunderstood and how that feels and how that outworks in our life. And how for some of us, that can be quite frightening. It can be a frightening thing that we're trying very uh, skillfully sometimes in our lives to avoid being misunderstood because it can be a very painful thing. Yeah. I wonder why it's painful. I wonder why, because it is painful, isn't it? It's yeah, well, I think I think that the, the whole thing with misunderstanding is it's someone, I guess, misjudging your motives who of you why are. you've done it, who you are as a person, your character. So there's a doubting of you as a person, or don't you think it leaves you with a bit of a panic? I think if I get if I feel like I'm being misunderstood, or I know I've been misunderstood, I feel like panic inside. Like I want to explain, I want to justify myself, I want to right. sort of like as if shame. It always comes as a negative, isn't it? You're never misunderstood. Actually, I wonder that if that's a point. Are you ever understood? Are you ever misunderstood in the positive? Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you're being horrible to me, but I think you're being nice to me. Oh, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> that would be that'd genius. be really good. Yeah, that'd be really good. Maybe we could pray for that. I'll have the to gift work on of that. Yeah. positive misunderstanding. Yeah, that'd be great. If everybody always thought I meant well when really I was being horrible to them. Yeah, that's great. That'd be lovely. Yeah, but that is um, not going to happen. So we're talking about... So it's always about... negative and it leaves you with a panic. Right. Like, how do I explain? How do I justify? How do I take off that shame that you're putting on me? Yeah. Um, when that isn't what I meant. But I mean, I mean, we're talking about misunderstanding that is about deeper, like it's a deeper level of what I'm being misunderstood about, isn't it? So, I mean, there's misunderstandings on all kinds of levels. Like when we lived in Florida, for example, I remember we um, drove up to the drive through window at McDonald's and I said, can we have some vitamin water? Because it was on the menu and they said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't serve that here. So I said, oh no, it's on your menu, vitamin water. And, um, and they kept saying, no, sir, we don't serve that. And in the end, I realised it's because I was using my... Because you weren't calling it vitamin. I had to say, uh, vitamin water. And then when I said vitamin water, they said, oh, vitamin water. So then course we got served so i mean that's not going to affect me in my personhood is it it's not like i'm going to start panicking about that and get all anxious and frustrated and angry and- well it didn't bother us but it is interesting to wonder because we don't know do we what it's like if you live in another country and you it's your second language you or you've feel got a really strong accent and yep, suddenly you're always defined by um you know because because even us living where we lived in florida where there weren't a lot of british people around everyone seemed to know who we were just because of our accent At the supermarket, and that's yeah. quite and it was quite nice wasn't it we you know and it was nice and welcoming but i imagine for for some that could be you, you almost feel ostracised because you you stand out or... Yeah, and you don't get the social cues that everyone else does maybe yeah. and all those kind mm-hmm. of things, so yeah. So it can be a painful thing, but there's a much deeper painful thing when we're being misunderstood in relationships or we are being judged. I think judgment, I think it's where misunderstanding is judgment. That's right. a different thing, isn't it? It really is. And I think it, even that word judgment, to be honest, I think it's one of those words that it's quite hard to connect to in some ways. But I think if you think of it in terms of you've been boxed in, like you've been, someone's put like a straitjacket around you, they've decided who you are. I mean, think of Jesus. I mean, he didn't get to escape being misunderstood either, did he? And there's a a passage in, um, where is it, in Mark uh, chapter six, where he goes back to Nazareth, having done all kinds of miracles around the place and everything else, all amazing stuff. 
he went back to his hometown and they're and they're like, hang on a minute, isn't this the isn't this the carpenter? You know, what who does he think he is? And they've boxed him. They totally missed who he was, they misunderstood his character, who he was, what he was trying to do, his motives. And they just had him straightjacketed in this kind of Again, a negative box. Yeah. And that's the thing that's painful. I think that's what's difficult is I feel like you're not seeing me. Like you're not hearing me, seeing me, understanding me. Yeah. And that, that must be what the pain is. And it also must be what the panic is. Because, because again, like I said earlier, it's never a positive box. You're not put into a no. positive box. Like, you know, well, I suppose I'm not thinking about it. People can have expectations of you that are something that you can't be. So in a, in a sense... We're going into a whole other subject. It's positive, but that's really negative too, isn't it? It is negative because you can never attain it. Yeah. So it's a box that isn't, it isn't true, is it? It's, you've been put into a box and that's where the panic is because you, you're, you're thinking, but this isn't who I am and, and this, this hurts because it isn't me. Yeah. And I think the other way that we can box people in is by holding people to every word they've ever said. Do you know what I mean? And I think sometimes... Well, we all know it to be true. And some, some people are more like this than others. They're like, there's a phrase, isn't there, a verbal processor. Like, so you're somebody that likes to talk it out. And as you're talking it out, all kinds of stuff will come out and eventually you'll get to what you really think. But it takes a while to get there. But if you're held on every single word you say. And you said. You said this and you, well, if you didn't mean it, you wouldn't have said it. Mm. So you must mean it. And so then you you literally feel trapped in these words. I mean, if you look at our culture, that you can see that happening in our culture, can't you? People are being hauled up over, you know, a post they put on Facebook 15 years ago or whatever that, well, you said it, so you must think it. And it, it's just, and people now, I think we're becoming afraid to speak. Well, I think even in conversation with friends, maybe mm. afraid to speak because what if you hold me to that and you box me in? And but yeah. that is the that is the fruit then of if we've suffered or we're afraid of misunderstanding yeah. our behaviour. So how does our behaviour work? One of the ways would be that we just shut down when yeah. we isolate. We we don't ever share what we really think. We don't speak our words. We don't. You know, and and that could be we isolate and we don't see people. But actually, you can be you can be somebody who's really in the thick of things. And you've I meet lots of people like this, and you go away and you think, actually, you didn't share anything of yourself. All you did was spend half an hour right. asking questions, and it's all like a it's like a subtle diversion, yeah, a guard really of well, if I ask about you, I ask about you, and it's all about you, then. I, I can't ever say anything wrong. And does it come from a fear that mm. I can't really be me? Um, so I guess that's one way. One way would be that we shut down and we pull back. Um, the other way would be the opposite end of the spectrum is I over explain everything. And we probably all know people like that too. Maybe we're a bit like it ourselves where we feel like I'm reading you to, to see, have you understood this properly? And And sometimes when we're explaining something, the person will get what we mean before we've even finished, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I totally get what you mean. But we, but sometimes there's a drive to, I need to make sure you've understood this. So I'll, I'll just explain it again. And again. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it in French and I'll do it in German. I'll do, it, do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll just keep going. It's definitely one of the differences between me and you, isn't it? I, I literally could talk for 10 minutes saying one thing and then Andy will say it in one sentence and just nailed it. Efficient. It's really annoying. 
It's a gift. Annoying. Annoying gift. So I think it's fair to say that it's right for us to look at. Is there a, is there a, I mean, fear is a very strong word, isn't it? We might not relate to the word fear, but is there something inside that just is a little bit nervous, apprehensive, fearful, terrified of being misunderstood? And is that driving us in our relationships? Because that's what we need to look at, because in the in all reality, we can't say on this podcast how you can avoid misunderstanding in your life because right. because we can't control other people. No. Well, the only way is to be is to communicate one hundred percent accurately and to listen one hundred percent accurately. Everybody to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, but that, no, but that doesn't that doesn't even work because Jesus was misunderstood and he was perfect. So. Yeah, but the people listening weren't perfect. That's my point. Everyone has to be perfect. Oh, everybody has to be yeah. perfect. Right? Oh, not not just me and you. No, everybody. Every, how to make, not just how, so if we could make the whole world perfect, this podcast would be. Yeah, redundant. Oh, well, it would be like the bestseller. Oh, yeah. That's because true. we have keys on how to make everybody perfect, but we can't make anyone perfect. So no. we are going to have to only look at ourselves. Yep. And not to perfect ourselves, but to say, Lord, I'm, I'm being honest that they have got this, this insecurity or this, this fear or this place inside that I am a scared of being taken wrong i'm scared of being boxed in and don't you think that sometimes you know if you've experienced that feeling of being misunderstood or, or not being heard right or, or whatever it is that, that that can form quite a deep belief you know, i mean we think about what we believe oftentimes we think about well i believe that the world is round and that the, the sky is blue or whatever but these deeper beliefs that really have a lot of feeling in them and they're quite motivating for they're motivators for our life. But if you have a belief deep inside that says, no one gets me, do you know what I mean? Like that's a powerful belief that we take then into But that, it would that, have got that, there for a reason though, yeah, wouldn't it? But that's where this fear is, you see. That's where yeah. the fear is driven from, is no one gets me. So mm. so what do I feel if I feel if I deeply believe no one gets me, ultimately I feel quite isolated and lonely and panicky and because what what have I got left I've got to strive for people to understand me or I've got to hide or and I've got to avoid their judging their boxing yeah but it but it but under so it's recognizing that if there has been a, a history of just not being known or not being got not being not being ex- truly accepted for who we are not knowing that that's it has to come down to as owning that and then saying, but God, you were the only one, you are the only one who's ever truly, fully going to understand me. Because I take, I personally take great comfort in the fact that God knows me better than I know myself. Because I think one of the most frightening things sometimes is that I don't, I don't even understand myself. Mm. I don't understand what's going on inside. So how can I, I can't expect other people to understand me if I can't always understand myself. But God really gets me he understands me and that that is that place of security i guess is the foundations yeah i mean i wonder i wonder how many times when jesus went and took time out to be with the father how many times he would share father these people don't get me <laughs> they're misunderstanding i mean with the pharisees and the religious leaders they forever were questioning his motives you know you can only cast out spirits because you know you've got the power of beelzebub in you and I mean, they were questioning all the time his motives. And the first part of Jeremiah 12, verse 3, it says, But you, O Lord, know me. You see me. 
and test my heart toward you. And it's something about that, isn't there? That what you've just been sharing about is the Lord, actually, he's the only one that truly sees us and truly gets us. Even when we're, when what we're saying comes out in a bit of a mess or we say things that we don't really know that we mean, he knows the truest part of who we are. I think that's really comforting. Yeah, for sure. I think for some people it could be scary because you think, well, what if he sees all the all the dark, the dark and the muck, yeah. which we all we all have that, don't we? We all have our sin and our muckiness, and he does see that. But I guess he sees beyond that, and he sees this this daughter, this son that he knit together and that he wove together, and that Psalm one hundred thirty nine talks about that nothing is hidden from him and. That's who he sees when he sees us. And that's who he sees when he says he takes great delight in us. It's, and we think, oh, well, how can he take delight in me? Because he, cause I've got all this mess and sin. But it's because he takes delight in who he made. Mm. So that's our foundation to come back to of saying, God, will you help me with this, this fear, this anxiety, this insecurity, this drive to be understood? But Lord, would you work on it from the inside out in building this solid knowledge inside that you get me, you you understand me. So I think that's one side of it. So it's owning that there is the fear and it's bringing it to, to Jesus. It's saying there probably are people that I need to forgive because I've been misunderstood and, I, and that's hurt. And I want to forgive them and I want to release them because we all want to be released from that being boxed in and being judged. But then the other side of being boxed in and being judged is, are we now reaping what we've sown? If we're being judged, is it because we are judging other people? Yeah. Which is a horrible thing to realise. But it's sobering. It is sobering, really, because if you think about it, it's, it is easy for us to think of the times where we have been misunderstood isn't it? We could all probably, everyone listening could probably think, oh yeah, actually, yeah, I can think of this person that always misunderstands me and they misquoted me and they said that I did this thing for that reason, or I could tell they were thinking it even if they didn't say it or whatever. But how much do we do it with other people? And this is where it gets a little bit uncomfortable, isn't it? When we have to start looking at us too. And I think it is part of the process. Like if we want the Lord to really help us with the one side of it, which is Lord, help me to be at peace within myself and with how you view me and not to be so concerned about other people, help me to communicate right, but not to strive and be fearful and panicky. I think the other side of it we cannot avoid looking at is, but Lord, when do I do this? Well, I think we always want Jesus to come along and be like, oh, there, there. Have you been misunderstood, you poor lamb? And and that's a bit, I don't mean that mocking, because we do need the healing heart of God. But his healing heart comes with truth, with truth as well. Yeah. And, and the Bible says, don't judge or you'll be judged. Yeah, it does. I don't know where it says it, but it does say it. I wrote it down at Matthew 7. From Matthew 7 says, don't judge or you'll be judged. Yeah. So, we, so in that sense, it is the reaping what we're sowing. So maybe part of what we need to look at is, are we judging other people? It's worth just just highlighting that for a minute. I, I, I don't. I think we. It's a very very familiar scripture. That isn't it. Don't judge uh, unless you're, uh, because you'll be judged in that. Basically, it's saying you'll be judged in exactly the same way that you judge other people. But 
But really what that verse is showing us is that there is this spiritual law at work. Like it is actually quite a powerful thing. What I, what I plant, what I, how I live will, will bear fruit, good or bad. And if I, if I sow things which aren't healthy and aren't good, then I will reap that. And, and this particular passage talks about judgment and it's saying, if I am a judging person and I walk around and I box people in and I hold them to words they said three years ago that they've told me they didn't really mean, but I'm holding them to that because they said it and I've judged, which basically means I've decided who you are and I've decided a verdict on what you, who you are and what you've done and what you said then there's this spiritual law at work that says, well, actually, that means that kind of judgment will, will bounce back, maybe not necessarily from that person, but it will come into my own life, which is a pretty sobering thing. Well, I think it's sobering, and I think actually it's quite hard. I mean, we're so used to talking about these things that we can probably, I could probably put my hands up. Do you, have you, have you judged people? Have you been guilty of it? But I think for a lot of people, that's quite hard to, it seems such a severe Thing. Like you think, well, I wouldn't judge. Right. I wouldn't. But we've got to think through what does this word mean? Yeah, because it and can it, feel a bit far away, the words judgment. Yeah, it? it's yeah. a bit like, you know, would you, I don't know, it sort of like goes with the, would you kill somebody? And we wouldn't kill somebody. Well, most people wouldn't kill somebody. But let's hope not. Let's hope not. But so would we, so but, what does judgment mean? What, let's, let's unpack it a bit so that we, so people can understand it and maybe see if they do do it in their own lives. Because I think we're all guilty of it a lot more than we realise. I think it's taking that place of God. Like God's the one who sees everything. So if I'm going to judge you, I'm, I'm deciding who you are and what you really mean, even though you say to me that I look nice, I'm thinking, yeah, you don't really, or you're just saying that for this, or I'm judging your motives yeah. behind what you're saying. And and really, we're taking the place of God because only God knows that. Yeah, I think this is where we've got. The, I think this is where there is misunderstanding about this word judgment because I think most of the time, as Christians, when we see those words, we think of it in terms of, you know, don't judge, as in don't decide whether this person is going to go to heaven or not, or if they're saved or not. Like the big picture, or, or their sin. Don't judge their sin. Yeah, is but, it but sin? But I think it? judgment is much broader than that mm. and we can judge a person like you're saying a person's character what they're really like and then we can communicate that to other people do you know what i mean like in, in in even in christian context we can say oh well you know well that person's this and we've we've boxed we box people in uh, to me that's it's boxing in that's yeah. a, i i like that Restricting as, a, them. as an idea of what judgment is it's like i've i've put a i've put a boundary around them that they mm. can't escape from. This is, I have decided, this is who they are. Now that can happen for all kinds of reasons, can't it? I mean, if you think of a boss at work who says to, to their employee, oh, can you, can you do this particular task? That can go through a filter in that person and their response is inside, you're lazy or you're domineering or you're controlling. Or you're picking on me. Or you don't like me. me. So they might not have known that boss for more than a couple of weeks even, but they've already got a judgment in place that says they will always treat me a certain way and their motives are always off. So you're judging their character, you're judging their motive, yeah. and you're judging why they're doing what they're doing, which 
actually is no different to what we're receiving from other people when we feel misunderstood. Yeah. I think judgment, I, I agree. I think the boxing in is good. I think thinking of it in terms of anything that is final or anything that is, you know, you're presenting one thing, but I'm judging your heart. I'm, I'm deciding yeah. what you're saying. So I'm deciding, you know, this person isn't a safe person or this person isn't, this person doesn't like me or they're, you know, we can't actually go around and make those and, and the, the truth is, is we're all very perceptive. Um, a lot of us are very um, intuitive people. And we think that we can almost read people's minds and we can read their hearts, which actually isn't true. And we need to take that step back. We are not God. We cannot go around making these, these powerful statements. I think it's anything that says things like you are or they are, or you will, or they will, or they will never, or you will never. Anything that's those sort of statements, yeah. you're attacking their, you're attacking their personhood, their character. You're defining who they are and what their heart. It's their heart, really, isn't it? You're defining, you're deciding what their heart is, and that's not our place to do. No, it's quite hard this though, isn't it? Because as you're as you're sharing, and even as I was just sharing, I was thinking, I bet there are going to be people listening that are like, well, okay, that's all nice. But what about discernment? Like, where does that come in? Where you discern that something isn't right and there's a sense of danger about something spiritually mm-hmm. where you feel like, oh, should, this doesn't feel right to me. Or this person, their motive does feel a bit off. Mm-hmm. And And that is something that God gives us the, the insight over but do you but have I to guess make a must, judgment well exactly there must be a line you see there must be a line that is there's a healthy pathway of discerning and even acting on that discernment which might even be me pulling out of a particular situation or a particular relationship but without crossing this line of now i've judged them put them in a box and they can never get out of that box because that's the thing about a box yeah. isn't it and about judgment are they never free from it? Exactly, yeah. So it doesn't mean that we just have to go along with everybody and agree with everyone. And that discernment is really, really important, massively important for the church as a is a gift of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is something that we can't ignore. But there is a line between that and judgment. Well, we can discernment would say, "I'm not. I don't feel comfortable here. There's something not quite right." So I'm, go- I'm not going to go to this church or I'm not going to put myself in this relationship. There's just something that's not right. There's just something that I need a bit of a guard. That's all okay, isn't it? Yeah. But when I start to say this person is right. unsafe or that person is da-da-da, and then when I start to talk to other people about that or I start to say that about the church, then there's – but you can say – well, I didn't feel comfortable going there or yeah. I personally didn't feel, I felt like there was a bit of a check or, you know, or if there is real sin issues, we've got to say the sin issues, haven't we? But again, we're not, we're not, we're not, you see, our, our way of judging is so final and um, merciless, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas God, as the true judge, he is, he's, he, he is mercy, he is grace, he is love. He he is the judge yeah. and it's all entangled together. So when he looks at even sin, he's got all those things, whereas we just look with our human eyes and we've either got one or the other, haven't we? We find it really hard. We either have 
judgment or we have grace or we have, you know, you can't, we find it really hard as human beings to hold all of it together at the same time. And that's where we need just God's help, really. I guess, I guess the key with that is, is, and actually all of this, even if we are misunderstanding people in that sense that we're boxing them in somehow, it, there is, there does need to be a humility in our heart, doesn't it? That, that even if we have this discernment that says one thing that we, that we kind of, in a sense, we're saying to the Lord, I'm, I'm making this decision because I feel uncomfortable, but I'm open to being wrong, Lord. You're, you're ultimately in charge here. You understand fully. And, and I, I guess as well that I think sometimes when we become judgmental, we become quite bitter towards someone. We become quite almost with hatred in our heart sometimes towards them. And I think that would be a hallmark that we've crossed that line mm. because actually love should always be toward a person. We might, we might even have hatred towards sin or towards things that are destructive, but we shouldn't ever hate the person. So I wonder if that's one of the, I'm just trying to think what kind of indicators could there be if we have crossed that line? Mm. And it probably would be things like bitterness and hatred and, you know, some of the, you know, undermining talk and some of these things that the Bible is quite clear. Don't get into that. Be, you know, lift each other and build each other and encourage each other and love each other and bear with each other, which assumes that we're doing things that are annoying that need to be, you know, we need to bear with. So, yeah. Oh, dear. It's challenging. Yeah. Do you think, just as one final thought, do you think filters come into this? How we judge, we can judge because we've got a filter. We've got a, we're judging other people because, because of what we've experienced. So certain people, you know, we are now under this, we've got this new boss. And because bosses in the past or people in authority, our dad or teachers at school or whatever were really horrible to us. We're now judging our current boss through the filter of what we've experienced. Absolutely. I think it's massive for us, actually. This is what we have to look at. What, what is it that shaped me? And so that person, yeah. that new boss, doesn't got, stand a chance. They've got no chance, yeah. Because, because everything they do is going through this filter. Yeah. So I find it challenging. I, I do. I, I sat here, you know thinking about these things, thinking this is really challenging because we've got to look at, we, we do, but we don't have to look at it on our own. That's the thing. Yeah. And we always say this on the podcast because it is the bottom line truth. This isn't about us just fixing these things. It's about us bringing them to Jesus and saying, Lord, I, I, I do, I, I do. I mean, I put my hands up. I do have a, a fear of being misunderstood. It is something that scares me. And, and I want to look at my behavior with you out of that. I don't want to be restricted. I understand that people are going to misunderstand me in my life, but but Lord, I want to know your peace in mm. being free to be me. But also, I want to look at where I'm judging other people and where I'm putting them in a box and where I'm doing to them the very thing that I'm afraid of anyone else doing to me and where I'm holding people to account for things that aren't even anything to do with them. I'm literally just projecting onto them. Yeah experiences from the past or my own expectations or whatever. I mean, it really, it's a good, good challenge. And these things, when we look at them with the Lord, he helps us. That's what I find. He helps us. He loves helping us. Yeah. I mean, what you want to make sure we don't do is just hear it and feel challenged by it and then do nothing about it. Like mm. 
it's important to like what you're talking about is you rec- we recognize it lord with your help we're recognizing that this is something that we do as well so then we do need to repent a bit absolutely we, we mustn't tiptoe around this no, right. these are things we've got to say sorry for and we're really good at saying sorry for for the wrong things and and asking god to heal our sin <laughs> so we've got to be clear Lord, there might be wounds in the past, and I can't say sorry for those, but I can ask you to heal those. But Lord, my behaviours do need repenting of, and I, and where I am projecting and I am judging, Lord, I'm sorry for that, and and I want to receive your forgiveness and your cleansing. Yeah, and also maybe there are people we need to forgive that have shaped mm. some of those filters in yeah. place. You know, people that have betrayed us, people that we maybe put huge trust in. And and they ended up t- saying one thing to our face and doing something very different behind our back, and that betrayal is a powerful, powerful thing, you know. So these are these are things that we don't want to just acknowledge and then move on. Like we have to bring them to the Lord. We have to talk to the Lord about, write it out, or whatever it is we do. And and f- and one of the big things is to forgive those people. I mean, mm. it's a challenge, hugely challenging thing. Easy to say in this moment but when you're faced with the reality of the pain of what maybe we've been through it's quite a big challenge that in itself mm. but to forgive and as we're doing that asking the lord to heal and restore what was broken you know when i was thinking about this um podcast before i was thinking that really misunderstood being the feeling of being afraid of being misunderstood is very um constraining it like it locks you in it feels tight it feels like I can't really be me. I've I've been sort of like squashed into a box, and and I, in a sense, that's what we do to other people when we judge them or we misunderstand them. We 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 put them into a box. And um, there's a scripture that I've been reading lately. It's just a simple scripture in Psalm 18, verse nine, and it says, "He brought me into a broad place. He rescued me because he delights in me," <laughs> which I, I like for all sorts of different reasons. But I really love that that understanding of a broad place Mm. and i think if we have that 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 sort of sense of lord i want to have space to just be who you made me to be and not to be either constraining myself because i'm afraid people aren't going to understand me or or feeling other people's judgments and then i'm constrained that freedom like just to spread our arms out and take take other people's space but we take the space that he's given us to be who we are, to be part of part of his family. And and in a sense, that's what we want to give to other people. Like just a freedom to 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 just express who you are and have your space and not have to be confined into a squashed box that I'm putting you in. But we let people so to me that's it's very pictorial, but it's sort of putting words to something that I remember um yeah, I remember my mom and dad going on about this when I was little. Like, you've got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Got to give people, you know, it's like a life skill. Got to learn to give people the benefit of the doubt. And it's so true. We do need to give people the benefit of the doubt that what we've read in their text message that reads really stroppy, maybe they didn't mean it stroppy. I'm yeah. going to give them the benefit of the doubt. That email that felt like knives, I'm going to just presume they wouldn't mean it like that because I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt or, you know, that look that I feel that person gave me, well, Lord, I'm going to bless them and I'm going to give them a, maybe they didn't mean that. Maybe we, we, 
we're giving people space or maybe they're just having a bad day. Maybe it's nothing to do with me. Mm. Um, So I think there's some skills that we can develop that are having a a view that's just going to give people space. Or even asking the question. Asking them if they're... Well, I mean, I don't mean yeah. like asking them like you've already made up your mind that they were being horrible. I've forgiven you for being unkind yes. to me. <laughs> You're a horrible, horrible person, but I forgive you. But but saying, look, you know, I read your email and I just wanted to check, was everything okay? Because as I read it, if and it could easily be the email, but it sounded a little bit like you were upset and can we talk about it? And they might say, well, actually I was, or they might say, oh, I didn't mean it like that at all. I mean, texts and emails are literally the worst thing, aren't they? It happens to us a lot. We do this a lot, but we do it with our team. Sometimes we have our team say to us, can I just ask you what you meant by that? And and then you, you can say, oh, did it? how did it read? Oh, no, I didn't mean it like that at all. Because yeah. it's just written text, isn't it? But this is where the filters, mm. the, the fil- any, any pre-existing filter we have will add the intonation to the email. Mm. So you know, it will make it... Or past experience with that person. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah, we, th- these are things that are worth... It takes a bit of guts to do it, but it's worth it. Well, it is, because if you can't just move on from it, you want to unpack it a little bit. All right, let's um, let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful. We're so thankful, Lord, that you really know us. You know everything about us. As your word says, Lord, you know our our coming in and our going out. You know our thoughts before we even think them. You totally get us, Lord, and we we just thank you for the truth of that. That even if other people have misunderstood us, maybe even all our lives, Lord, that you understand us. And as we choose to run to you, Lord, afresh with this, we ask for your help and uh, for your peace, Lord, that we would find ourselves in spacious places, Lord, of not striving, not fearful, um, but just known and loved. And um, and we pray, Lord, that you would bring healing where there's been brokenness and betrayal and where we've experienced, Lord, even the pain of being misunderstood. Lord, would you heal those hurts and, and, and bring about a, a, a change in us, Lord, that we wouldn't be striving or, uh, or pulling ourselves away Lord, from people, but that we would be able to just be secure in who you who you made us to be, and and Lord, with this deep challenge, Lord, of how we also misunderstand others and and box them in and don't give them the benefit of the doubt or space or grace, Lord, we pray that you'd forgive us, that you'd really help us, Lord, to to be um, humble in our hearts, Lord, to to not judge. We want to be discerning, Lord, but we don't want to judge. So we're asking for your help. Holy Spirit, would you really help us move in our hearts? We ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining with us. And uh, we will be back again soon. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk with Andy and Kath Taylor, a podcast from LL Ministries. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review or by contacting us at hello at ll.org or through Facebook. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we also have other excellent resources online at ll.org, which we hope you will enjoy. Thanks again for listening.